Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. We got you back here. Big weekend. Happy holidays as it continues and rolls along. We've got week 12 rolling along. Pardon me tonight, of course, Minnesota hosting Chicago. And right now, Minnesota Lane over at DraftKings 3. A total of 44. So we'll get to that game in our plays. We've got Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, joining us in the final hour. He'll have plenty on that. I know uh, that you, Dustin, have a couple of props. I do as well in the NBA. And for some reason, we were just talking about we were talking about the coaches because uh, Frank Reich, if you're just joining us here, was let go today. Uh, look, we we do know that Tepper and Tepper is going to be the main story here, as as uh, Amal mentioned. You know, kind of that Billions connection, um, very d- contentious as far as he's just he impetuous, I should say, where he acts maybe rashly, and people believe that he's a bit of a jerk. Um, but would you guys agree that if you do know, like, uh oh, I botched this, and Reich isn't going to be the guy moving forward? I think you can. I think you just rip the bandaid off. I, I don't have a problem if he knows Frank Reich isn't the guy moving on at this time because Frank Reich's going to have a nice little parachute on the way out and bring somebody in to work with that quarterback because that quarterback is the next ten years. If it goes well, so does the franchise. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I, w- I would agree with you. I think your overall assessment is correct and accurate in terms of if you don't think you have the right head coach, you should move on. However, I'm not sure whether Frank Reich is good or bad in this situation in Carolina. You look at it in Indianapolis, three out of five years, he had a winning record. In Carolina right now, they've already relinquished their first overall pick, which is going to go to the Chicago Bears for the trade to get Bryce Young last year. The offensive line has been putrid. You don't have a number one receiver on this team. Adam Thielen is 33 years old. So with all that being said, is this completely on the doorstep of Frank Reich, or is this a combination of lack of talent, bad coaching, and then a quarterback who's young and inexperienced at this point in time? Yeah, no, it's point well taken about not necessarily. Again, he doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have a skill position. Um, it's not a very good roster and the job itself. I don't know how desirable it is. They don't, they just gave away the top half of their yeah. draft. Uh, they don't have a second rounder next year, the Carolina Panthers. So like, I don't know in a shaky rookie quarterback, I don't know if people are running 
to like, look, anybody, you get an opportunity to get one of 32 in the NFL, you're going to take the job. But I think uh, here's what I will say. If there was an action that was a little too swift, maybe it was the Matt Rule firing, even though we all agree that Matt Rule feels more like a college coach, but they moved on from to, from him pretty quickly. Uh, I just think with this job, it's just unique because you have an undersized quarterback and you need someone who understands how to scheme around that. And you definitely can't go with a defensive coach here. You need something offensive so there's some stability on that side of the ball to develop it in the early years of Bryce Young. Uh, also, second note, you said the word react rashly. I didn't know that was a word because when I heard rashly, all I could think was that should be the nickname for SMU head coach, Rhett Lashley. Speaking of which, I don't know why the Gamecocks, South Carolina, aren't firing Beamer today and hiring Rhett Lashley, who's 40 years old and is killing it at SMU two seconds later. Can I tell you, that guy was awesome for that. He was awesome at Miami. They the offense was the best it had been in years. Losing him has set them back years. I, I would agree with you, Patrick. I mean, you look at the job he's done. It wasn't just this weekend against Navy. We saw it earlier this year in a game uh, against Middle Tennessee. They put up, I think, 52 in the first half in that game. I mean, this offense has been electric. Preston Stone is solid. but it, You give him an elite quarterback, this offense is going to be electrifying wherever he is. And I think in the SEC, and to your point, building on, uh, you talked about Ed Carolina, Dustin. And Patrick, Patrick I think you're right. In today's, particularly in college football and even in the NFL, I would be looking to hire offensive-minded guys. The game, the way it's officiated, the way it's called, it's about a quarterback and a coach. If you can get that combination correct, you've got an opportunity to be competitive. Take, for example, I'm not saying the Houston Texans are great, but they were, I don't know, I mean, could you have a more accurate field goal kick that just comes up about 8 inches short, 10 inches short than the one we saw yesterday from Amendola against the Jacksonville Jaguars? You get a new coach, you get a great, I know D'Amico Ryan's on the defensive side of the ball, but you get a franchise quarterback in Young, you get, or excuse me, in Stroud, and then you look at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes sits his first year, plays the last game of the regular season, comes in in year or two, and then becomes a lead superstar. And you see the difference it makes in a franchise. And I think that's the same thing. You bring up the point with uh, Lashley going to South Carolina and potentially Carolina if they go get an offensive-minded coach. Well, another reason why I think you need an offensive-minded head coach because – that way, that side of the ball never changes. And it doesn't, like, that is such a crucial part to a quarterback and an offense and having a system is that stability. But also, like, you look around the league, there's always a Vic Fangio, a Steve Spagnolo, a Dan Quinn, a Wink Martindale. Like, there's all these grizzled defensive guys that, like, that's all they're ever going to be is a defensive coordinator trying to learn how to stop the new age offense, however it evolves. So you can always find those guys. The last thing you want is to have to hire offense of coordinators only to lose them to head coaching jobs then have your quarterback and offense have to start completely over every year you mentioned middle tennessee state just randomly they just fired yeah. rick stocks skill who was the fourth most tenured head coach in all of college football so he gone after i believe like 18 seasons at middle tennessee State. stupid schedule yes, this year had Alabama and Missouri on the way back what? up. Just an awful dumb schedule. Well, that's not whether he's getting fired. He's getting fired for losing games to Sam Houston State. No, Thanks. I know. I know, I but mean, it was just an idiotic move to have those both on the schedule, two SEC teams. Okay, boys, week 12 takeaways. We like to package it a little differently with like, love, loathe. Here we go. Weekend of action with what we liked. All right, all right, all right. 
we loved. I had an awesome time. Like, I know that you had an awesome time, okay? I think the entire town knows that you had an awesome time. And what we loathe. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. This is Like, Love, and Loathe. Sharp Money. By the way, if the Minnesota Vikings win and cover tonight, that will make the favorites 13-3 and three straight up in ATS for week 12, which is an insane number. I don't know. Is that that's probably 13 and three would be, I think 12 and three is the first time it's happened 12 times where the favorite one straight up and covered ATS since 2017. Have we had a 13 and three week? Dustin, you were talking about that with me earlier today. No, uh, according to ESPN stats and info, a 13 and three week of favorites has never happened. Okay. So I bring that up because my like is going to be coaching the Minnesota Vikings uh, tonight, lane three, hosting Chicago. And they're in the mix. I I looked it up at DraftKings uh, just before the show started. You know, the Vikings are plus 475 in division, boys. Uh, They're six and five. The Lions, of course, after they regurgitated on themselves with turkey and stuffing and yams and the rest of it on Thanksgiving. And what a freaking disaster. The Lions are eight and three. Okay, so uh, the assumption is let's say Minnesota wins tonight. They're seven and five going into the bye. Now, Justin Jefferson is not going to play tonight but he's going to be ready to go coming out of the bye. So they're starting to get healthy as well. Kevin O'Connell, though, I'm going to say this. I think the McVay coaching tree is going to start to get very interesting. In two years at Minnesota, and I don't think you guys correct me if after my little rant here, I don't think over the last two years it feels like O'Connell's had the most overwhelming talent in the NFL, though last year he went 13-4, and four, and this year he went 6-5, and 19-9 over the last two seasons okay minnesota which is interesting minnesota has chicago they got a buy then they got vegas cincinnati detroit green bay and then close out with detroit they could sweeten the detroit if they split it so if they split with detroit you guys would agree chicago could be a win vegas could definitely be a win cincy could definitely be a win Let's say they split with Detroit, one home, one away. Green Bay could be a win. That would be one, two, three, four. I got them 10 and uh, – what am I missing here? Uh, ten, oh, excuse me. Yeah, 10 and 7 to finish the season. Uh, probably doesn't get it done because Detroit's got New Orleans, Chicago, Denver, Minnesota, at Dallas, and then Minnesota. So it looks like Detroit's going to win the division. But the two games against each other certainly makes it interesting. My like is O'Connell because he's done a hell of a job there. And he's dealt with – Losing his um, quarterback, obviously, and gone two and one since with a the guy they just picked up. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of positive points there. Let's start with Kevin O'Connell. I think he's a tremendous coach. This is a guy who's a former quarterback at San Diego State. I think when you look at it, he's the ability to deal with anything in any situation. His father's an FBI agent. You don't think this guy's been in more difficult situations than any head coach in the National Football League? He's heard some of the stories along the way. His disposition is outstanding. I love the way he handles himself, the way his team kind of responds to him. This team is in a great position. They were left for dead. Now they're sitting there at 6-5. and five. You mentioned the Bears tonight at home. 
And then at the Raiders, very winnable game. At the Bengals, are you kidding me, Jake Browning? Thank, talk about stealing money for a living. And then here's the key for me, Patrick. They get the Lions at home before they have to play the return trip on the last game of the regular season. If they can somehow win these games that I just mentioned coming up and then the Packers are at home as well, they could potentially be playing for the division in the final week of the regular season. I know it sounds like a long stretch for them to kind of project out that they're going to be able to win their remaining five games and get to the final game of the regular season and win that one in Detroit. But I think if you want a long shot, I think the Minnesota Vikings right now, I think you said 475. They're a good bet to win the division. And here's the thing. If they win that game against Detroit, you're going to have an incredible opportunity to be able to hedge the rest of the way on the division and just take Detroit because we know it's a two-team race in the NFC North. I think, like I said earlier, some coaches find ways to win ball games. And last year, everyone called for the regression, and this team was not going to be able to replicate what they did. And to a degree, they haven't, but I think the roster is a lot different, especially on the defensive side of the football. I think Kevin O'Connell is a very stoic leader. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. He has like a very middle-of-the-road personality, and I think that shows in his team. His team never panics, and what he's doing with Josh Dobbs on the fly is one of the most impressive coaching jobs we've ever seen. This team is absolutely alive in the division, and it's a three coach race for coach of the year it's o'connell D'Amico ryan's and mike tomlin that's it i didn't know his dad was a fbi in the fbi is that what you said yeah was he really because if his dad really was in the fbi we wouldn't know about it <laughs> well wait a second charles peanut tillman's in the fbi and we know about it have we heard from like every does every family in America have that uncle that's yes. definitely in the CIA, but then you talk amongst yourself? Well, how do you know? <laughs> Me too. Uncle Jimmy, R.I.P. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Total wine, spirits, beer, and more. Lowest prices for over 30 years. Find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 years or older. We got you back here, Sharp Money. Of course, Monday Night Football with the Vikings Lane 3 hosting the Chicago Bears in division tonight. Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw, and Patrick Maher. We've got uh, plenty of bets to come. Don't worry, because Steve Fezzik, professional handicapper, who, by the way, is in second place in Circa Millions, which is incredible. He's going to be joining us coming up at about 44 minutes. We're right now getting into like, love and loathe. I, I went with Kevin O'Connell, and I think he's done a great job there in Minnesota for my like this week, boys. Uh, Amal Shaw, you're up next. I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. This is a team I was not high on when the season started. I expect them to be a colossal failure. Boy, could I be any more wrong. This team is sitting at 6-5. and five. Patrick, they're one of three teams in the National Football League with a negative point differential. That shouldn't come as that much of a surprise. They gave up 70, 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. But Seattle is at minus 20 points. This Pittsburgh Steelers at minus 30 in terms of point differential. And, of course, the Denver Broncos, number one at minus 34 for teams with a record over 500. Done an impressive job on a five-game winning streak, but here's what's really stood out to me, guys. There's a couple of factors that are really uh, positive for this team. Russell Wilson has not thrown an interception during this stretch. He's been outstanding. Ten touchdowns, no INTs during that stretch. Excuse me, eight touchdowns, no INTs during the stretch where they've won five in a row. He's got 20 touchdowns on the season, just four interceptions, but he's been sacked the sixth most in the National Football League 33 times this year, and this team has still managed to overcome it. I don't know why I doubted Sean Payton. His last five years in New Orleans had winning season. His worst record in his tenure as a head coach in the National Football League, a 7-9 and nine season. He did that four times during his tenure with the Saints. That's not a great record, but it's very respectable when you think about it for them to be only one game under 500. They've dealt with a variety of different things throughout his tenure there. This team now sitting at 6-5, and five, second place in the division, and with an opportunity to get into the postseason. I don't know how many people had this team right there on the cusp right there with the Indianapolis Colts, the Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers to get into the playoffs. What he's been able to do so far, Peyton, Russell Wilson, and this team overall, and you take away that 70-point barrage that Miami had against them earlier this year, they're only giving up 21 points per game. This has been an impressive turnaround from 1-5 and five to 6-5 and five by the Denver Broncos. My like for the week is the Denver Broncos, Sean Payton, and Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Sean Payton's a great one because the mark of a good coach is a system that eventually builds a philosophy that eventually builds and starting off so poorly yet building to where they are now shows you it's more than just flash. He's got a system. He's got a philosophy. He keeps delivering it. And now it's starting to pay dividends. I'm going to give you a weird one on Peyton. Uh, you generally look to somebody's children and you can tell or if this person's a good parent. When we met Megan Peyton at the Super Bowl, uh, she works in the sports betting space. She's awesome at talking ball. She's very 
good at talking sports betting, but I'll tell you off the air, just the conversation, very sophisticated, looks you in the eye, very kind, good sense of humor. You could just tell he was, she was raised right, which is, I think it's a kind of off the beaten path, the way of saying, you know, Peyton must be because we always kill him for being a weird dude. He must be a pretty good dude because, you know, I, I met his daughter and she was great. So I don't know. That's kind of a weird way of saying I always crushed Peyton for a weird personality, but seems like a good parent. Yeah, I mean, say the least. You can be a little bit extra as a human being, but also be good at raising children. You know what I mean? Like that is Corey's a good person. I got to tell you, I was dead wrong about this team. I thought Russell Wilson was toast. And I thought that Sean Payton was not going to be able to fix this mess. And he was going to have to wait until Russ was gone. He has somehow fixed Russell Wilson in the short term and used him in ways where they can be successful, where it's highlighting one Russ's ability to run, which I think he was not willing to do that last year under Hackett for whatever reason, he's willing to do it under Payton and his accuracy in his way, the way he protects the ball. Seattle won all those, all those years when he was up there, because he was a great game manager, and I mean that in a complimentary way. And he's back to managing the game very smartly, and I think a lot of it's because of Peyton and his system. This was Russell Wilson after the game when he was asked, did he question things in Denver after starting one in five? Uh, I've never doubted. You know, I've never doubted in our football team and where we could go. I think the biggest thing is is just understanding that we, we've lost some close games, um, you know, and we've lost some tough games early. But I think that helps you prepare to understand that, hey, it's a long journey. Um, we've got a lot more ahead of us, a lot more football, a lot more great teams ahead of us. So we, we just got to stay focused on us. But I think the, the biggest thing that I think Broncos country is feeling, us as players organizationally inside that building, and most importantly, inside the locker room is a relentless belief in each other and a and relentless belief in our coaches and who we are and what, you know, where we're going and, and what it takes to win. I think that we're, we're starting to learn what it takes to win. Um, that's a good thing in this building and, and we need that and um, we got to stay the course there. Okay, good one. With uh, the Broncos and Sean Payton, there's Russ. Big guy, you're up for your like. Well, I mean, I'll keep mine pretty simple here. It's a guy I'm in love with. I mentioned earlier, I want to be in his platoon. If there's another war and I have to get drafted now, feel sorry for the country if the country has me fighting for them. But what's going on with Pittsburgh is crazy. And I understand they're facing Jake Browning, but that's how the NFL works. You beat who's on the schedule and they keep winning. They have seven wins now. They're going to go to the postseason. And Mike Tomlin just keeps getting it done, man. I just I agree with you, Patrick. When we look back on our generation of the NFL, he's going to be on our Mount Rushmore of coaches. He might be on the Mount Rush, Rushmore of coaches that we've seen in our lifetime. Just consistently wins time and time again. And I, I, I think Kenny Pickett is such a liability for this offense. The fact that he's able to go to the postseason with him at quarterback is his greatest job as a coach, even though he has a Super Bowl ring. So I think when I look at what Mike Tomlin's doing in Pittsburgh, I'm, I love my 20 to one ticket on him to win coach of the year. I think it has a real chance of, of coming to fruition if they make the postseason. And it looks like they will. This was Tomlin after the game where he gave a very professional answer when asked what the coaches did under these circumstances. How impressive was it to him and what he saw from Kenny Pickett on Sunday? I'm not worried about under these circumstances. That's our job. Um, and they did it. You know, we did what we needed to do to win. Guys like myself and Kenny, man, we're, we're judged based on winning and losing. And, and we don't run from that. We run to that. Uh, so he and I are winners today. I will follow that guy anywhere he wants to go. I, 
I tell you, for me, I became a fan of his in his second year. They asked Heinz Ward. He goes, oh, he's a better coach in year two than he is year one. And then someone kind of relayed to him what Heinz Ward said. And he goes, Coach, what do you think about your players' comment? And his response to the writer was, he goes, how do you think your editor's doing? You think the editor's doing a good job? I just love it. He just doesn't take gruff from anybody. He just stands up what he believes in. He's very straightforward. Seven and four. When you look at this roster at quarterback, the most important position in the National Football League, how many teams are sitting at four and seven or three and eight with Kenny Pickett as their starting quarterback? Yeah, what's so impressive about that is because he has Kenny Pickett, he has to manage the game quarters one through three differently than everyone else. So he just tries to make it an ugly game. And then in the fourth quarter, just grind it out, figure it out, just be in the game in the fourth quarter and they'll find a way to win. Chuck Knoll to Bill Cower to Mike Tomlin. That's the craziest 50 year run in the history of sports. I mean, that is, that is what, although Cower kind of a dog. It does feel okay. I'll just put it no. this way. Cower, c- c- stop. You love everybody. Cower feels He's like he got man. more out of less than anybody. As far as like, <laughs> he had a lot of talent. I'll just say that. But that's uh, by the way, 1969. Chuck Knoll was hired. Yeah, all the way up yeah, to today. Trying to think. Well, I was trying to do the math. So 70 to th- would be. Wait, what well, this is, is the 65th, uh, the 55th season that they've had three head coaches. <laughs> that's insane. They're going to hit 60 years with these guys. They literally, and Tomlin was coaching defensive backs, I think, with Tony Dungy. Yeah, Yeah. Tampa. And he played at, like, William and Mary, right? Yeah, yeah, he was at (laughs) Bill and Mary. Uh, By the way, just the the obligatory note, uh, Amal mentioned earlier, for those who missed it, though, with the Steelers, they went over 400-plus yards of total offense for the first time since week two of 2020, which was before Matt Canada was there. Yeah, I mean, they t- took on a Bengals team that there was no reason. I mean, they, they've quit on the year and they've quit on our 40 to one ticket. <laughs> Let me get my love in quickly. Uh, my love is the nine and three Ravens. It wasn't pretty last night, but it looks like the road to Vegas is going to go through Baltimore and the AFC as it stands right now. It would. Uh, they lost Mark Andrews, so might have struggled a little bit last night to get the passing game going. They forced four turnovers. And here's the thing. They're the best rushing team in all of football. They nearly ran for 200 grounds last night in Sunday night football, a very balanced attack. They run for 159 on the ground. They're six in points per uh, tied for the best defense and points allowed with San Francisco. They're third in pass D. They're a plus five in turnover differential. Very solid. The, the Ravens, again, I think the Andrews miss with him being injured and done for the year could end up once we get to the postseason and that kind of security blanket, not there for Russ, but the talent around him, like Zay flowers, we, we, we knew it coming into the year, but he is beyond explosive who went one pick. Oh, that's right. They were talking about it last night. The big receiver out of TCU went one pick before Zay flowers. The chargers would like to have that one back. No, I would say so. The early returns are not good on Quentin Johnson. And Zay Flowers looks like he's exactly what Lamar needs, like because he can just take these little passes a long way. By the way, though, Zay Flowers is an example of why you don't go play college wide receiver at Boston College and you go to a major school. Zay Flowers should have been a top 10 pick. That guy can't get tackled. How did Zay Flowers end up at Boston College? That's a great question. That is so odd. They never throw the ball. Come back. Continue. Like, love, love. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Okay, if you haven't become a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet, we're giving you one last chance to sign up with our best deal of the year. It's 60 bucks. You can sign up. It's our Black Friday special into Cyber Monday. It's going to the 30th, but might as well do it now. It's 60 bucks through May 1st. You get everything we offer, including our daily best bets. Uh, we just sent over Thomas Gable, sent over his college basketball play this morning. We send that over to the big guy. We put it on the sheet. It gets sent to you. So everybody that's making bets here at VEASAN, and you get the daily best bets. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up. Remember, this offer is going to expire 60 bucks through May 1st. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Got you back. We have Steve Fezzik, top of the hour. He's going to have plenty of bets, including on tonight's Monday Night Football game with Minnesota Lane 3 hosting Chicago Bears. But right now, like, love, loathe. I just got done with my love, which is the Baltimore Ravens. Samal Shaw, you're up. Fly, Philly, fly. The Philadelphia Eagles, Patrick, I am in love with this team, sitting at 10-1, and one, and what a crucial stretch this team has gone through when you look at the schedule. I'm going to get into the numbers in a second and how impressive they've been, but this is the team that beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, November 5th at home, 28-23. They have their bye. They go on the road to Kansas City at Arrowhead on Monday Night Football. Not only do they win the game, they shut out the Chiefs in the second half. Talk about an impressive performance. Then they turn around in six days. They go to overtime. Struggling in this game is Jalen Hurts in the Philadelphia offense. They find a way through, win this game in overtime, 37-34. And yes, I get that Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, if they're on the same page, Buffalo could have won the game. But give the Philadelphia Eagles a ton of credit for what they're able to do. They are sitting at 10-1 and in the NFC East with the best record in the National Football League. But I want to go a little bit more into the numbers when you look at them over the last four weeks, particularly in the second half of games. They've outscored their opponents. I mentioned the previous three, and then you throw in the Washington Commanders. They've outscored these teams, including overtime in the second half. 86 to 37 during that stretch. What an impressive run it's been. They have had five come-from-behind victories when trailing at halftime this year out of their 10 wins. Guys, the total number of combined victories coming back from behind in the National Football League this year for teams trailing at halftime, they are 35 and 129. The Eagles have five of those 35 wins. Nick Sirianni's been on fire. This team is averaging 28.2 points per game. That's third in the NFL behind Dallas and behind the Miami Dolphins. Well, I mentioned it earlier. The Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos, and Dallas has beaten the crap out of bad teams. But when the chips are down, no team has delivered better than the New York, excuse me, than the Philadelphia Eagles. One other stat I want to throw out to you in terms of second halves and why this is a great team to bet on in the second half of games. 11 games played, Patrick, this year for the Eagles. They've been outscored in the second half once. And you guys know who that was. That was the New York Jets. That was the only game they got outscored in the second half. Minnesota, they were tied with in the second half in terms of scoring. The other nine games... They have outscored their opponent. Fly Philly Fly is absolutely on a crash course coming to Vegas this year. This was a game that they had lost yesterday. It would have set up the game against San Francisco being more important for home field advantage. Philadelphia now, they could even lose to the 49ers, and they're still in a great position to be able to have home field advantage, get the bye in the first round, win two games, and get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a good one. I I think people are complaining, well, they haven't played their best ball. Well, you haven't played your best ball and you're still 10 and one. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good sign for things to come. They keep coming back from behind to win, which shows championship medal. And now sitting 10 and one, I think I, that loss on Thanksgiving by Detroit was huge for the conference, right? Yes. Because Detroit would have moved to nine and two and put a little pressure on Philly. But with Detroit 8-3 and three and San Francisco 8-3, and three, as you mentioned, they're in the pole position to have everything go through Philadelphia. 
It's a good one. I just want to add one more more thing real quick. If they win these games against, I mentioned the Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, and then at Dallas on December 10th, they'll wrap up the division. But now if you're in a survivor contest, you better look to use Philadelphia against the Seahawks on that Sunday, because I'm going to tell you right now, if you're Nick Sirianni, and once you get that home field wrapped up, you got two, three weeks against the Giants, Cardinals, and Giants where you sit your guys and you say, hey, guys, we'll see you at the link and the second weekend of the playoffs. Yeah, it's a great spot to be in. Absolutely. Anything on the Eagles, big guy? Yeah, you know, there's a song, uh, It Ain't Tricking If You Got It. I don't know who sings it. I don't know what it is, but Jalen Hurts has it, and he discussed being labeled as clutch after the game. That's that's that's, that's not for me to, you know, to discern or um, – roll with. I mean, I, I just truly go out there and try and play to the standard and, and be the best that I can be for my team. And um, there are times today that I feel like I didn't do that. But um, when it mattered most, I feel like uh, we did a good job of, of doing what we need to do. We played team football. We communicated well. And um, that's all in, in in the outcome of what happened. You know, we really we really um, were on the same page when it mattered most. And that's all you can ask for. Um, anything else? that I'm named or people on the road with, I guess that's for them to do so. And he is your favorite over at DraftKings at plus 125 to win the MVP. Even without the eye-popping numbers, just that's a big-time favorite because Patrick Mahomes is second in the betting market at 3.5 to 1. Lamar, 4-1, to one, boys. I, I would take Lamar at this point. No disrespect to Jalen Hurts. I just went on how great Philly's been in their record. Lamar's been instrumental. Mark Andrews, their most valuable receiver, goes out for the year. I know it just happened, but you got to give Lamar Jackson a ton of credit. Patrick Mahomes has played well, and I might be comparing him to his own standard that he's created, so that could be the negative on Mahomes from my perspective. But to me, Lamar Jackson's the guy I would point to. And just want to add one other thing. When I look at this offense... Jalen Hurts, second round pick, but I thought it was too high. And Philadelphia and Howie Roseman did a great job of developing him. DeAndre Swift, second round pick out of Georgia. A.J. Brown, I believe, was a second rounder. And then Devontae Smith is one of the most under-heralded and underappreciated Heisman Trophy winners. These are all great players who have kind of never been given the true respect they deserve. There's no ego on this offense. This guy, this team just goes out and does it. Jason Kelsey's had a hell of a career. You got a great tackle in Lane Johnson. You, you you look at the kid uh, from New Zealand. I forgot how to pronounce his name. Uh, the left tackle. Malaitai or whatever. Yes, exactly. And uh, absolutely. They just have guys that come to work. They are Philadelphia in a nutshell. They represent the 215 extremely well. I love the way this team plays. I'm telling you guys. If this team doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, it is a utter disappointment. They're good enough. They have the coaching, the talent, and everything that you need. The ingredients with no ego. Yeah, it's well put. Super Bowl odds right now. Philly four and a half to one. The 49ers four to one. The Chiefs four and a quarter. So your third betting favorite. And then there's a chasm. The Eagles four and a half to one and Miami's eight to one. Big guy, it's time for your love. Yeah, look, uh, I think this was a massive win. It was answering the bell. It was getting a little bit of in-season revenge. I wish they had done this when we had them in Survivor earlier in the year. But the Jaguars going to Houston, winning that game, 
it was massive. Like, they needed that win based on their expectations for the year. They needed to prove they're a team that can win games like that on the road in division and secure, potentially, that division down the road. I think Houston's been awesome. I think they've been a fun story. But you have to wonder how long it can go on, whereas Jacksonville's been building this for a couple of seasons now. And this is kind of a big year for them, for Peterson, for Lawrence, to take a step. I'm not talking Super Bowl. I'm not talking winning the AFC. But I'm talking about taking that step step in the postseason and possibly winning a game. And I think all the talent's there. In order to do so, you got to win games like they did against a really tough, feisty Texan squad on the road. And I thought it was a big and must-needed win for the Jaguars. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a great game. The two young teams that are going to be around for a while. And two really good young quarterbacks. So uh, I like that one. And Peterson, he's got his team sitting eight and three. Um, I don't really have much more to add. I still think the Texans are going to make the postseason. I don't know if that changes for you two coming out of the loss. It does not. I thought it was a great revenge spot for Jacksonville, having lost to the Texans earlier at home. Quick question for both of you. What would your thought on the decision on with one second remaining at the one yard line with a 13-7 lead to go for it instead of take the three points, Patrick? With, at the end there? Where at the end of the first half, kick? yeah. Oh, at the end of the first, first half. half. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking that the, the decision to kick the, what, the 58-yarder? So I don't have a recollection of the, of the one you're discussing. Can you give it to me one so more time? So it was like five seconds to get down to, to what, the, the one five? To the, one? Yeah, well, they were down to the one-yard line. Yeah. And Doug There's Peterson, instead of kicking a PAT with five seconds left or, and no timeouts, opts to go for it. They don't get it. This was Doug Peterson explaining that decision. Yeah, it was it was a really easy decision. I was going for it the whole way. Um, you know, you make a play like that, and you kind of got them back on the ropes. And if you can if you can get the seven points there um, and get the ball to start the second half, you know, those are those are should be favorable um, opportunities. Uh, I'll just say this: you know, credit Houston. This guy made a great play um, defensively. He, he you know he stopped Travis in the hole, and and um, you know just a great great opportunity, a great play by them. And and uh, but but I would do that again. Admittedly, I didn't see it, so I'm going to ask you guys because you saw it actually happen, and sometimes you have to feel the momentum of what's happening. Did you guys like or not like that decision? I'm a big proponent of taking as many points as you can in the first half or the first three quarters of the game without unnecessary risk. Like a two-point conversion, I'm not a fan of in the first half or even in the third quarter until you necessarily have to go for it. I would have taken the three points because I want to go up by two scores. That's my argument. I think he actually explained why it was the wrong decision. Peterson. Yeah. Peterson, his reasoning was horrible. If you're getting the ball to start the half, why wouldn't you want to potentially go up 10? I, I was just going to I was going to say exactly. the same thing. If, if he said we went for it there because we're not getting the ball to start the second half, then I think it makes and a you're little on bit the road. more sense. You're also on the yeah. road. Like, what are you doing? He talked himself. He, he, he His answer was the reason I would agree with them all. you got to take the points there. We're coming back with our loathes this week. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, bet five dollars to win one hundred and fifty instantly in bonus bets at DraftKings if you're a new customer and you use the promo code Sharp S H A R P. It's a great deal, five to win one hundred and fifty immediately in bonus bets. Also, every day at DraftKings, a no sweat same game parlay for everyone. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Okay, you can use DraftKings tonight. Lane three over at DraftKings right now. Let me just double check for you. Yep, it is three. And 44 on the total. Minnesota laying it. Chicago in town. A little divisional matchup there for week 12 as we conclude. We're going to conclude like love loathe here. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson downtown. And in just a bit, Steve Fezzik will be sitting in between the boys, professional handicapper. So we'll be having a bunch of fun. And he's got a bunch of notes here for the third hour of the show. Like love loathe. As I say, hi, my name's Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Okay, on to our loathe boys and my loathe is myself Uh, and I decided to have a little fun with this I said my loathe is me for sleeping on Sean McVay one of the I was very adamant before the year started that the Rams were going to be a disaster I just looked at the roster thought about the scenario with McVay kind of having the dalliance with going to the broadcast booth Uh, we talked about it uh a couple of weeks ago, boys, I said, I think McVeigh is the guy that I'd start uh, as my head coach if I were starting a team, just still so young and had so much success. And I thought about it yesterday while I was watching. And I, we've all said, you know, it's not like Arizona's been a complete rollover this year. They've actually played spirited with Gannon. Uh, but McVeigh continues to do it and get it done. Uh, it's a roster that is obviously been depleted because 
They just eschewed all the picks to win a championship, and it happened. Yesterday's dominance was crazy because uh, they beat up on the Cardinals 37 to 14. And it really was just, if you were watching the game, it was such a game plan that was because I had Kieran Williams to go over 13 and a half carries. Well, he did at 16 with 16 rush attempts, 143 yards. And then Royce Freeman had 77 yards on the ground. So they didn't even really need Stafford. Uh, six and a half was the number coming into the year. So they still have, what is it? 11s. They still have six games to go and they're sitting on five wins. Again, I thought it was going to be a terrible team and they're sitting five and six through 11 weeks. My, my loathe is me for sleeping on McVeigh because I definitely said go under the season win total. And it looks like they're going to go over, but with some relative ease here. I object. I think you picked yourself to strengthen your argument from two weeks ago on why McVay should be the starting franchise coach. <laughs> That's why I object to this one. But you're absolutely I mean, right. He, like they just like he just he, again, you think about him as like a creative the, throwing the football and like kind of drawing up plays. And yesterday he went and ran for well over what? 200 yards there. Well, and there's another title run coming, guys. Uh, I just looked. So they only have five million in cap space this year. That's why the roster is the way it is. And they're, they're fairly limited. It becomes $57 million to play with for next season. In 2025, they'll have $115 million to play with. And in 2026, we're back at 202. So there can be a slow rebuild here. And he's a guy similar to Kyle Shanahan from that system. Can create anyone into a quarterback. He took freaking Jared Goff to the Super Bowl. He'll find his guy. He'll get him at the right price. They'll spend money in the right places. And a Rams Super Bowl run is coming in the next two years. I, I'm not going to sign off on that because if you look at 2026, I think most of the NFL probably has 202 available at that no, that's point fair. in time. Well, <laughs> 57 million for next year. You you could add 57 million to this roster right now. Uh, they they would be very competitive. Look, this is a team that has been decimated because they haven't had draft picks for a long time in the first round. They spent a lot of money on Matthew Stafford, but to me, if you're Stan Kroenke, if you're the Rams organization, less need than Sean McVay, and you said you got a ring, I said, man, you are good for 10 years in my book. I'm sorry, a Super Bowl in my estimation buys you seven to ten years of gratitude from the fan base. If they got a problem with it, look at all those teams that are ringless. All moves are yep. justified if you win a title. I absolutely. Every move is absolutely. justified. It doesn't matter how bad you come out on the other side of it. I'll never forget like the, the Red Sox signing J.D. Drew and I think they won a World Series. Yeah. It was horrible for the Red Sox. Whatever. It worked. Won a ring with him. I, I agree with you completely. I, I, but I get your point. And, and you're right. McVay, the one thing I do like about him as a head coach, he's willing to do whatever's necessary, whether it's throwing the ball or running the ball. Whatever the game calls for, he's going to make the prudent decision. Yep, 100%. That is my loathe on to you, Amal. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. Look, I was a Ken Dorsey fan of Miami. The guy lost two games by a combined 12 points against two teams that went 26-1 and in their collegiate runs. And this guy, to me, is still a good offensive coordinator. I think he was the fall guy for the Buffalo Bills. This is the team that's sitting at 6-6. Six and six. You want to know why this team has gone down? It's one reason. It's Josh Allen and the turnovers. When Buffalo scored 123 points from weeks 2 through 4, against the Raiders, against the Dolphins and the Washington Commanders. Josh Allen had one turnover in that stretch. They were ten, plus 10 on the defensive side of the ball in turnovers. And in that game against Washington, the one turnover he did have, they had five turnovers the Commanders did in that football game. The other two games, five plus five on the turnover margin, none from the Buffalo Bills offense. That's why they scored 123 points in that game. You take away that game, oh, those three games, this team is averaging 22 points a game. Josh Allen has thrown an interception in eight consecutive of games. And guys, this offensive line has done a tremendous job. They don't get enough credit. 
They have given up the second fewest sacks in the National Football League. The Jets had five sacks in week one against the Buffalo Bills. Since that point in time, you look at Josh Allen. This is a guy that has only been sacked 10 times since. He's been tremendous throughout the season in terms of being able to be kept upright, have the opportunity to make plays, but it's the turnovers that have killed Buffalo. That's why this team is sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Six. I put the onus on him, not on Sean McDermott, not on Ken Dorsey. I think this is a better football team than they've shown so far. This guy needs to show up. I don't know if it was Gabe Davis or Josh Allen's fault on that late throw in overtime, but they should have walked out of the link with a victory. Philadelphia should be sitting at two losses, but instead now Buffalo is going to have to recollect and regather themselves, and they're not going to be able to win this division at this point in time. My load for the week is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that's a much better team than being 500. And I didn't realize Allen already has 13 picks this year. He had 14 all of last year. 13 picks through, what, 10, 11 games. Not great. He seems to always make the big mistake. It's odd. Anything on on Allen and the Bills, big guy? Yeah, I thought he played better, though, yesterday. Obviously, the big turnover when it happened. And I totally understand that. And also, he fumbles the ball a ton. That's the other thing. If He's you look, got four fumbles if, this year, three lost. If you look through his stats, it's a lot of fumbles in his career. It's kind of crazy how many turnovers he's involved with uh, throughout his, his career so far. Okay, time for your loathe to finish us off here. David Tepper's a clown. Like, he's a clown. Like, if you're willing to fire someone a year after hiring them, that's your <laughs> mistake, not theirs. Like, Frank Reich is irrelevant to me to the equation right now. Because if you were willing to, to go into the process of rebuilding, to trade up and get the number one overall pick, and then to give up on that part of that plan after not even a full season of it, that's you. Like, he needs to look in the mirror and assess how he wants to run this thing that he bought. Because he's obviously just winging it. He's doing it off of emotion. He's making these, to steal your word, rash decisions on the fly. And now they're going to start over again and search for the third head coach in his reign as the owner of the Panthers. This is an irrelevant franchise. The only thing that we're, the only reason we're talking about is because there's been some dysfunction the last couple of years since he bought them. So I think David Tepper to me is my big loathe because it's not that I love Frank Reich, like you say, it's that if you're gonna come up with a plan, at least see it through some more than part of an NFL season. I think it's crazy to move on already. Patrick, I tend to agree with him. Look, the one thing that you can point to that's negative for Frank Reich, this team hasn't been competitive. Seven out of the 10 games, they've lost by eight points or more. That's a real concern when you look at it from an organizational standpoint. But Patrick pointed out earlier, lack of offensive line, lack of skill position guys. You it's traded. a rebuild. It, it's a complete rebuild. So That's why I don't What was think- he supposed to do in a rebuild? He didn't trade up for number one without a plan, without knowing what they were going to take. You only make that move and give up the assets required to get the first overall pick is if, you're, if you've pinpointed a prospect that you can't let slip out of your grasp. They literally traded for number one and went... We will like one of these three guys. We'll figure it out. The absolute ride or die version of Dustin Sweetelson when it comes to Frank Reich. That had nothing to do with Dave Tepper. By the way, just to be clear, when we think of a rash, you think of like an eruption on the skin. Mm -hmm. But another definition for rash, displaying or proceeding from a lack of careful consideration of the possible consequences of an action. So we were using it correctly. Oh, yeah. you, you, You believe that David Tepper acted in a rash manner. Yeah, and he's giving me a rash. Like, oh, I got a rash in my nose or something. It itches like crazy just thinking about this guy. He's, stop. David Tepper's a big loser. 
He's a, I know he's a winner when it comes to life. His life is a lot better than mine. I totally understand that. He's a lot smarter than me. But in terms of being a sports owner, he's a giant loser. And by the way, if I was a legit coach, I would never want to play for this psychopath. By, by the way, Patrick, if he was a soccer fan like you and I, all he had to do is say is Charlotte FC and the coaching debacles that have been there. And we would have yeah. signed off on David Tepper in one second. That is, that's, a, that's a good point. What's ironic about this is he's acting this way because he's literally never lost in life. Yeah. And now he's losing, so he's acting rashly. <laughs> so you see what I you call him a loser, so, which is actually the opposite, but he can't stand losing, so now he's acting this way. The next head coach at Carolina, Brett Lashley. Steve Fezzik is next. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you luxury furnishings maintenance billing scheduling and more and you can resell on picasso's marketplace anytime historically for a 10 percent gain visit picasso to see thousands of listings that's p-a-c-a-s-o.com